The Georgia Bulldogs are national champions once again. I know, I know you are all very surprised at the outcome. However, you may be surprised by the final score. It was a 65-7 beatdown, a smackdown, if you will, one worthy of the early 2000s when that wrestling brand, uh, when that name meant something, you know, it was good because this was brutal. Georgia jumps out to a 10-0 lead early and TCU gave us all a little bit of hope. Gave us a little bit of hope when Dugan runs one in himself to make it 10-7 and at that point, things got scary for TCU again with multiple turnovers. Ultimately, what we would see was Georgia scoring 55 unanswered points, but there was a time right around halftime when those that know were saying things like, never count out the Horn Frogs, never count these boys out. They've done it before. They can do it again. However, that just would not be the case this time around as Georgia, who even their backups were putting a hurting on TCU. So there's really not much analysis to be had here. So what I do have is a question for those of you who are still diehard college football fans. With the oncoming playoff changes with more of these teams being allowed or let into the playoffs, how much worse is this going to get? Because here we had a championship game that these two teams did not belong on the same field. And I'm not ready to say that either Michigan, I mean, clearly Ohio State would have done better. They did better. A lot of Ohio State fans maybe correctly have lamented last night's beatdown because they thought that they could have done the same thing to TCU. Perhaps they're right. We will never know. But I posed this on Twitter, and this is the thought that I have for all of you. What happens if that Georgia team played a six seed in a national championship game because of the way, you know, an early round upset happens? It's going to happen. Uh, the, the more teams that get allowed in, it will happen. There will be those any given Saturday kind of events where teams that really shouldn't win that first game do, and then they have no business being a being on the same field as the eventual champion and it's it's I think it's just going to get uglier and uglier and this game last night this national championship game was one that if you didn't watch after maybe the first you could have turned this thing off halfway into the second quarter and you didn't miss anything you could have had yourself a very productive Monday evening and maybe edited I don't know like seven hours worth of video but what do I know I didn't do anything of the sort however Let's move on. Let me know, before we do, just let me know in a comment. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter if you'd like. Let me know your thoughts are on how much worse this is going to get with the perfect storm of the NIL deals, these conferences merging and, and getting bigger while just kind of uh, sucking the life out of any of the smaller conferences, and then now the expanded playoffs. I think what we're going to see, and we talked about this in a previous episode. Remember we talked about some of the um, suggestions that were made by a committee to the NCAA for how they can change uh, some of the things that they are doing. And one of the suggestions was to 
change the requirements for being in Division I football. So are we going to be headed to a much smaller Division I, one that only includes maybe three or four conferences, and only those you know, 20 to 50 teams will even be eligible for a national championship at that level? And then we might get at least a little bit more parity in our... <laughs> in our uh, games there we might actually have some competition is what I was trying to say so let me know what your thoughts are on all of that because if we don't start to limit the pool of teams that can play for the national championship while we also expand the playoffs I think this could get really ugly really fast and, and become almost unwatchable but what do you think did you watch the bowl games this year any of them what are your thoughts on the rest of the product how has the playoffs impacted the way you enjoy bowl season used to be one of my favorite times of life as a kid now it it means nothing to me it's just background noise if I happen to be at a bar or at a family get together during the holidays it's I I don't care half the players that you'd be interested in watching aren't playing anymore rightfully so I'm not judging them for that if they have draft stock why waste it why risk it what are you playing for? So many folks would ask what the Los Angeles Lakers were playing for last night because without AD and without LeBron, they had to stare down the Denver Nuggets. And it went about as well as you'd expect. A 122-109 win for Denver. The lone bright spot, I would say, would probably be Russell Westbrook for the Lakers. Uh, not, not quite enough. It's not the... Uh, Wizards days is it where he could still will a team to victory at least not against a squad as talented as the Nuggets and also I mean with the Lakers their issues are well <laughs> well detailed we'll get into the LeBron of it all on a different episode we're going to talk about that later this week but of course he's been sending messages some subtle some not very subtle and we're going to talk about all of it at once, so we'll leave it alone for now. But I will just say this, of course, once again, the Lakers need help, LeBron needs help, and anyone who's watched basketball over the last decade knows the type of players that the Lakers need. So Rob Palenka, this shouldn't be terribly hard, although he's admittedly handcuffed by previous trades, old decisions that they've made. Not a lot to give back in the trade market. So what will the Lakers do? How impressed have you been by the run that they were on with LeBron just rolling back the clock and putting the whole team on his back circa 2009? Now, we talked about Russ in the heyday. <laughs> oh, how sad it is to think of the Wizards' time as the good old days for Russ Westbrook. But the Wizards ran into a depleted buzzsaw in New Orleans, and that New Orleans team, without Zion, without Brandon Ingram, turned to C.J. McCollum, who has been having himself quite a time over the last 12 games, keeping this team afloat. I've said it before, I'll say it again, the Pelicans are legit. They are a threat in the West. Keep your eye on them. If they manage to even just float around 500 during this period while they're missing their two best players, just be ready for what happens when they get Zion and B.I. back. The Pelicans are going to be difficult to deal with. Now, that takes us to Boston, where the last time we spoke, the Celtics were licking their wounds after an embarrassing defeat at the hands of the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
it's safe to say that Boston has bounced back just as we suggested they would. They've now won three straight since and have held uh, two of those opponents to under 100 points. So they've uh, toned it up a little bit on the defensive end as well. Now, not here to suggest that this team is anywhere where it was defensively last year, but they do seem to be getting things back on the right track and headed back towards the top of the Eastern Conference, where they may be dueling with the Milwaukee Bucks when it's all said and done. Now, the Bucks eked out a four-point win in New York against the Knicks. The Knicks are a tough one still to figure out. I believe at one point, uh, Randall was 0 of 7 from 3 in the first quarter. Um, rough one, uh, but, you know, this is a good squad in New York, and I have had my issues with Tom Thibodeau and his rotation at times. But, hey, Milwaukee, the story for me here is, again, Milwaukee, that's another shorthanded team that continues to find a way to win. The question at one point becomes, you know, what to make of Chris Middleton. At a certain point, you're gone for a certain amount of time. Is there going to be a spot for you when you come back? But I would say, although he's not, he doesn't have the accolades, and, and I wouldn't say that he's the same player at this time. You know, let's look at Clay Thompson. It took him a minute to get back to up to speed with Golden State, did it not? But that's what happens when you're out for a long period of time. So I do expect Chris Middleton to be a factor when the Bucks get him back and are able to get him rolling. And the Grizzlies rolled over the Spurs. Actually, it was only an eight-point victory. Maybe not quite as impressive a victory over the Spurs. Keep an eye out for Malachi Branham. You know him if you've been listening to us for a while or if you've been reading my work over at The Last Word on Sports, but he's finally getting some PT over in San Antonio, and I just saw a tweet from the NBA University about this, so we'll be viewing that on the wild world of sports later on this week. That'll be tomorrow night, so make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Very soon, that will become a live program. So late night on Wednesdays, if that is your thing, you want to come hang out with us in a more laid back, lo-fi environment. And we will be there to look over all the crazy, weird stories that happened in the world of sports in, well, the past week. But uh, in this next episode, we'll be going over a little more than a week because it's the holidays, baby. We got to catch up from the holidays, much like the Kings who felt pretty good. They, they are they're liking where they're sitting in the new year with a 25-point victory over the Orlando Magic. Nothing to write home about, right? That's a game you're supposed to win, but that's a good thing about this Kings team. They are winning games they're supposed to win. They're even winning some games they're not supposed to win. I like what I'm seeing from Sacramento. I believe that's a team that's going to be giving uh, other teams a major headache as we get closer to the playoffs. And that wraps us up. That is our NBA Monday. Of course, we had the national championship as well. There is more NFL news that we will get to later in the week. Lovey Smith is gone. Some coordinators are gone in Tennessee. Apparently, Jim Irsay is going to hire the next coach in Indianapolis, and Chris Ballard is not going to be gone. But who else and what else is going on? We will talk about it all in the wild world of sports and in our other Bite Size Sports programming this week. So be sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Notifications on if you want to be the first to know when we have new stuff for you. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you being here. 
and we'll see you next time.